Hi, and welcome to Very Bad Words, the podcast about swearing and taboo language. One of the stated reasons for doing this podcast, and I've said this before, is from working in radio. I used to work as an engineer, and I would see those George Carlin words written down on the mixing board, letting me know that I need to hit the dump button if anyone ever lets one of those words out. And those words that you can never say come directly from George Carlin's bit. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. We did an episode last season called WTF FCC that goes into that whole story. And I've done specific episodes on the words shit, cunt, and fuck. You know, some of the most common and powerful swear words in American English. But what about piss, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits? On this potpourri of a Very Bad Words episode, we're going to learn as much as we can about the words piss, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. When we first started the show, we decided that George Carlin had to be the patron saint. After all, his bit was a major inspiration for the show in the first place. But maybe this isn't the common knowledge that I assumed it was. I mean, are these words relevant anymore? So to kind of test the waters, I went to my local farmer's market and started inconspicuously asking people if they knew about these words. I'm not sure I can do that in public. <laughs> screw up. I don't want to screw up George Carlin's legacy. <laughs> For sure. I, that's all I would do. You know, Son of a bitch. Quit recording me. <laughs> and amazingly, I didn't get kicked out of the place or arrested. Can I throw out 15 and just like hope I hit seven? <laughs> if you hit him, I'll put him on my hand. Dude, yeah, oh. Really Shit. 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 A-hole. Asshole. Uh, no? Pussy. Pee. Piss. Uh, piss. Wait, piss is like, you think that snot would almost be a worse word than piss. Pissy. Fuck. Got the big F-bomb. Fuck. Fuckity fuck fuck. C-word. Gotta be the C-word. Cunt. The C-word. I think bitch. Bitch. No. Oh, the MF. Motherfucker. Motherfucker? That should be the same as fuck. Moist. Cock. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. The N-word? Really, tits? Yeah, I know. But you could say clitoris? You couldn't say tits? But you can't say tits. Despite some people's strong preferences, you can always say the word moist on the air. And supposedly there are times when you can say bitch, pussy, asshole, clitoris, and even the N-word on TV or radio without getting in trouble. But you can never say tits. Which is part of the reason for this episode. Maybe this list of words is a bit out of date. So to help me critique George Carlin's famous list of words, minus the three we've covered, shit, cunt, and fuck, I first reached out to Randall Eggert because... Since 2006, I've been teaching a class on bad words and taboo terms. I asked him why he thought George Carlin put the word tits on the list, which just doesn't seem that bad of a word to most of us today. You know, as, as I think you know, things change. And even he acknowledged that, that tits was probably changing as he was doing his routine. You know, I think he's got this whole bit about tits and how it's not, well, not such a bad word. Tits is on the end of the list. Shit, this fucking cocksucker motherfucker. Tits. And you know it doesn't belong on that list. I mean, it really doesn't belong in with that kind of heavyweight filth. But the word tit is on the list because you can't say it on television. 
No, I would I would never allow people to say tits or play any song with tits because that's a that's a word that the FCC has taken action on time and time again. This is Ken Friedman. He's a host, DJ, general manager, and pretty much the main dude in charge of WFMU in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is the longest running freeform radio station in the country. And I've been doing non-commercial radio since 1976 on community radio as well as NPR stations. Ken says that the FCC has gone after stations over tits before because the sexualized nature of the word. But it doesn't offend noted feminist and co-founder of Bitch Magazine, Andy Zeisler. When people say, well, that's the tits as a compliment. Like, I kind of love that. But Ken says the FCC could still get your station in trouble for using that word in that non-sexualized way as well. And using the word tits as an adjective to me- meaning good is not something that's generally used in the United States. That's more of a Britishism. So, yeah, I wouldn't television. allow that. You can't say tit. Imagine that. Can't say tits. You can say boobs. Boobs spell the same forwards and backwards, too. Anecdotally, my students have told me that tits are more likely to be used by males and boobs are more likely to be used by females. Which I find kind of interesting. I would love to do a, a more systematic study of that to see whether we can confirm it or not. So boobs from women, tits from men. Then who says titties? Certainly Dave Chappelle seems to like to use titties over tits or boobs. Her titties are all mashed together, <laughs> popping out the top of her turtleneck and shit. You with your buddies, right? I don't know what you say, but <laughs> damn, look at them titties. Right? I'm sorry, but titties seems like kind of something an 11 year old boy would say. But maybe there's different schools of thought on that. Uh, what do you think of the word titties? Is, is it something you say or hear for that matter? I'd like to know. Please tweet it to us on Twitter at Dirty Wordscast. And while you're tweeting your opinion on titties to me, here's a bit of background on the word tits that I scoured from various resources, starting with the online etymology dictionary. By the 1540s, the word tit in English was used to describe certain small animals or objects. Tit mouse is an example, but it could also be used to describe small horses or birds even. Well, the Oxford English Dictionary states the origins are obscure, the word tit is suggestive of something small, even a small person by the 1730s. Think of the phrase tit for a tat, which basically is saying, every little thing you do to me, I'll do back. Now. Let's just think about the sound of this word for a second. The stops from a hard T sound are short sounds. And the soft I sound, the I, is kind of a short sound as well. And when you say it, you'll notice that your tongue doesn't have to move as far from the T to that it sound, which increases the efficiency shortening the word. Think about it, start to say tit, and you'll notice the tongue is kind of hitting the back of your teeth And then the is sound, the tongue is still kind of up there. It's not moving very far. And so it makes it this efficient, short word. And of course, it's just a three-letter word compared to that to something like huge, which of course is only four letters, and it's still only one syllable. But that U sound is so much longer, and it doesn't have a stop. Now, tit, meaning the human breast, has been around for a while. Teats, of course, are the udders of a cow, although tits as a slang word for boobs wasn't documented until 1928. But as we know from past historical linguists, 
Taboo terms are usually in use long before they are first documented. So I'm going to assume men and women alike have been using the term tits for at least 100 years now. Bravo. Let's move on. The next word you can't say on TV or radio, according to George Carlin's bit, is piss. And unlike tits, which you can't say even when it doesn't mean breasts, piss you can sometimes get away with on the air. Yeah, I tell my DJs that it's okay to say piss off. You can say that you pissed somebody off or I'm pissed off by this, but you're not allowed to talk about urine. Using any phrase, you're not allowed to talk about urine. Even um, the I've word urine? Yeah, well, unless you're doing it in a purely educational... Right, or scientific, edu- yeah. Or scientific way, yeah. If you're doing it in a flippant or satirical way, which is how most of my DJs speak on the air most of the time, I'd have to say no. And maybe because pissed means angry in American English, the FCC still allows pissed in the British sense as well, which we briefly talked about in the minicast last week. British English, being pissed means that you're drunk, whereas in American English it means you're angry. So it's, you know, it must have been <laughs> relatively recently that we started using them in those ways. I, you know, I don't know. My, my own take on it is that these words because of their emotional resonance, they lend themselves to all sorts of other uses. You know, we talked about that with shit. Um, We see that 19th century with hell, hell being used in all sorts of different ways. And piss being a negative word just kind of lends itself to being used negatively. Piss drunk, taste like piss, what a pisser, piss off, I'm pissed, or even pissant, which is urine plus a tiny little bug, pissant, and that means an insignificant person. But apparently, only piss meaning urine directly needs to be censored to avoid the wrath of the FCC. Of course, unless they are confused at how you are using it. There was a famous case where, where the FCC didn't seem to understand the difference between the phrase piss on and piss off. Uh, there, was a, there was a case where, where a sports talk radio program had a contest. It was a rival, a rival hockey team situation. And uh, let's just say, for example, that the, the sports talk radio station had a contest that said, which member of the Detroit Red Wings would you most like to piss on? That was the contest. So they were repeating this question over and over again for days. Which member of such and such hockey team would you most like to piss on? Well, that case went to the FCC, and the FCC wrote one of its uh, wonderfully surreal, you know, 10-page legal documents on this phrase, piss on. And in the end, they said that the word piss on was no problem whatsoever because it was akin to the phrase piss off, to piss (laughs) off somebody. When, in fact, that's completely wrong. The radio station was asking which member of the Detroit Red Wings would you most like to urinate upon? And then the FCC is saying, oh, no, that's not a problem because all it meant is being angered, the actual meaning of the phrase to piss off. So they didn't even understand that there was a total difference between the phrase to piss on and to piss off. Obviously, not all of us know all the ins and outs of piss. So here's some more uses. It can be used as just an intensifier to other adjectives like piss poor or piss ugly. And this really gained popularity sometime after World War I, even though it's actually been used like this since the 14th century. Piss, the verb meaning to urinate, was adopted from the French word pissier, I think, P-I-S-S-I-E-R, sorry, I don't speak French. Anyways, that was adopted from French in the 12th century. So piss is one of those 
French-influenced words. Today we see piss in phrases like piss and vinegar, which apparently, according to the online etymology dictionary, came from the term piss prophet. Now, prophet spelled with a ph. Now, a piss prophet is a doctor who diagnoses diseases based on the inspection of urine. Not something we use today. But next time your doctor asks for a urine sample, why don't you try responding with, who do you think you are, a piss prophet? Okay, maybe not. A piss pot is a toilet, and being pissy is kind of unpleasantly angry. But still, piss just isn't that bad of a word anymore. And Randall Eggert has evidence from his class to back this up. Beginning of the semester, before the students have really started the class, I have them do a, t- a survey where they rank words according to how taboo they are. And two of the words on this list are rated pretty low. Shit, and even less taboo, piss. But because it has to do with human excrement, it can't be said on television or radio. You know, there's a, a, a nice way to think about it is uh, for, for those scatological terms, anything having to do with bodily effluvia. I think it's Hughes has noted that just about every language in the world has, ha- has a taboo on, on some effluvia. And with the exception of tears, every bit of things that come out of our body gets tabooed in some language or another. Tears, for some reason, is an exception. And somebody came up with kind of a test of that, that, you know, imagine if you were to come into contact with somebody else's effluvia, which ones would, would be worse for you? And, you know, not surprisingly, shit is really up high, right? And so it's not surprising that that one would be grosser to us. And piss is always, you know, urine is always lower down on our scales. That if we had to come into some into contact with somebody, somebody's effluvia, we would rather that it be liquid than solid. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so it's not so surprising that piss would be low on the on the scale. When I when I look at my rankings, it's slightly higher than hell, and slightly higher than crap. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Neither of which are are all that taboo. We'll return to talk about the last two words on George Carlin's list that we haven't covered, which are not four-letter words, by the way, like piss and tits are, but are considered very taboo by some. And before we come back, why don't you hit pause real quick and visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash verybadwords, or just find it through verybadwords.com. Becoming a sustaining Patreon of the show is extremely useful to us, and we have some great thank you gifts as a bonus, besides just continuing the show. Now, I'm not encouraging a pissing contest between listeners, but if you donate $5 a month, it would be the tips. Anyways, we'll be right back. George Carlin did his bit about the seven words you can never say on television. He didn't even claim that they were the worst or most vulgar words in English. Just the words the FCC cares about. They have never fined anyone for hate speech. Only what they call indecency. And when they define indecent, it is only sexual and excretory. So they have nothing to say about slurs. So bitch, for example, by that standard, would not 
rise to the level of being indecent in any sense because it's neither sexual nor excretory, and neither would nigger. Um, cunt would, obviously, but um, but then they go on and they they've got this new term that they coined, and I think this was in about 2002 uh, that they brought in the term profane. And, um, and I can quote from the site that they say profane language includes those words that are so highly offensive that the, their mere utterance in the context presented may, in legal terms, amount to a nuisance. And then they go on to say that the F word is one of those words. And so any word that's as, as offensive as the F word will be counted as profane. So maybe the N word would be considered profane now, but I suppose it depends on who is listening. Supposedly, though, everyone will find these last two words profane, even though they might not seem like they belong at a first glance. Cocksucker has the word cock in it, of course, so isn't it kind of redundant? I mean, we just covered the word cock recently. But, of course, a cock is also a rooster. We can still use the phrase as cockfight, and you can cock your head and no one's going to censor you. But cocksucker is an explicitly sexual use of cock. But for the most part, not an insult you hear much these days. And this is something I talked to Mark Morton about when I had him on the show talking about the word cock. It seems to me that, um, you know, people can have varying levels of conflict and two people can be having an argument, even quite a, uh, a mean argument with each other. And yet there's sort of a limit on what they might say to each other. And saying something like cocksucker because of its um, uh, homophobic um, sense is maybe going too far. Like I can imagine in a really, really, really angry argument between people or in uh, probably almost any movie by Quentin Tarantino. You little cocksucker! I treated you like a son! Hearing cocksucker used in that sense. But yeah, it is It is so, um, so vulgar and people don't want to be seen as being homophobic. So I think, I think that is probably why cocksucker is less common than it used to be. And historically, that's why this word was bad in the first place. You can actually connect it to the old sodomy laws where even talking about a private sexual act was against the law. Even in San Francisco, where in 1961, stand-up comedy pioneer Lenny Bruce was arrested for profanity. Here's Randall Eggert. Yeah, so cocksucker was one of the words that he was arrested for. You know, and, and that was one of the words that he went clear to the Supreme Court to fight over. And... Um, when he talks about it, it's, it's, it's quite funny because he's being so careful not to say the word in the routine. And he talks, he even mentions that he would be allowed to because he would be talking about his court case and not using it in, in a sexual context. But he says that would be a cheap victory and I'm not going to do that. San Francisco, I got arrested for, uh, I'm not going to repeat the word because I want to finish the gig here tonight. It's, uh, they said it was vernacular for a favorite homosexual practice, a ten-letter word. Uh, it's really chic. There's two four-letter words in a preposition. I can't... Uh, I wish I could tell you the word. It um, starts with a C. Well, you know what the word is. Now, it's weird how they manifested that word as homosexual. Because I don't. That relates to any contemporary chick I know or would know or would love or would marry. You know. But it's not really a word we use to describe women. Maybe us guys don't want to risk tabooing the act for us. But Ken Friedman said that the FCC still thinks of this word that same way. I can't think of a case off the top of my head that deals with uh, the phrase cocksucker, but it's definitely 
a word that the FCC has fined again and for again and again. And I would say, again, because it's uh, implied gay sex, it's not necessarily gay sex, but it encompasses gay sex. So it falls into that category of non-missionary position, consensual married sex that always seems to drive the FCC to an enforcement action. Fortunately for us TV viewers, the FCC doesn't have control over content on HBO, like on shows like Deadwood, where they seem to be attempting to bring cocksucker back in a major way. And fuck us all anyway for the limber dick cocksuckers we are. That collage I found on YouTube from Deadwood goes on for nearly eight minutes playing each instance of the word cocksucker on that show over three seasons. So cocksucker has been documented as a phrase as far back as the 1890s and as an expression for basically an asshole as far back as 1920. There's, of course, a bunch of great definitions of cocksucker in the Urban Dictionary, a favorite resource of mine. Most of them are more graphic than I feel necessary here, or they describe kind of an asshole. But the number one definition of a cocksucker on the Urban Dictionary is, quote, general all-purpose insult used to describe anyone except for the person who actually sucks your cock, end quote. Boom. And the last George Carlin word, drumroll please, is motherfucker. Woohoo! So, of course, motherfucker started off as an incest insult, right? You fuck your mother. And then it kind of took a turn where it could mean kind of an asshole again, one who fucks another person's mother. I mean, how terrible is that? Now, as kind of a strange experiment while researching this episode, I decided to do a Google image search for each word that we're covering. Tits showed women's breasts in a somewhat pornographic context. Piss showed people and animals urinating. Cocksucker showed men and women engaging in fellatio. But motherfucker brought up a bunch of memes with pictures of Samuel L. Jackson. Motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. Sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfuckers. And Google's algorithm reflects what we're looking for as consumers of the internet. And 95% of the images were positive ones. So even ones that didn't have Samuel L. Jackson had some sort of happy motherfucker thing going on. So this extremely insulting slur is seen mostly as a positive thing now. When you look at slurs in general, they are by, by nature negative. But there's a phenomenon where in the right context, we can flip the valence on those and turn them positive. And so it's, it, to my mind, it's kind of taking advantage of, of that emotional resonance in them again. And yet in this case, taking that emotional resonance and making it positive. Uh, you know, and we do the same thing with, with a word like fuck, where you can say, you know, fuck, and it means something negative. But in a positive situation, you can also say, you know, fuck yeah. And so it seems that motherfucker at some point started being used more and more as a positive thing rather than a negative thing. Although it's certain, you know, those two exist simultaneously. I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that said bad motherfucker. 
But despite the general change of opinion of this word, the FCC doesn't take it so lightly. Ken Friedman knows this firsthand when a DJ at WFMU accidentally let a rap song with the word motherfucker sneak onto the air. And the song was mostly clean, but towards the end of the song, they started using the word motherfucker in it. And uh, I, think, I think there was a chorus that was like, tear the roof off the sucker, tear the roof off the sucker. And then towards the end of the song, they started changing it into tear the roof off the motherfucker. And uh, the DJ on the air faded the song out. He, he wasn't expecting that. He didn't know that the song had that in it. He faded the song out, went into another song, and then came on mic and genuinely apologized. Really, you know, without any irony or sarcasm at all, really said, sorry about that. You know, we had to bail out of that song. And at the same time, a man driving with his son in South Orange, New Jersey, listening to WFMU on the radio, heard it happen and called the radio station a bit later to complain. He reached a different DJ who apologized. And then Ken, as the GM of the station, he apologized and tried to explain the situation to this man. This guy didn't care. This guy was clearly a real racist guy. He even told me this himself. He was sick of driving around South Orange with all the black dudes blaring filthy hip-hop out of their cars. He literally said that to me. So this was his chance at getting even. And the FCC started this huge investigation into WFMU and this incident, requiring all sorts of reporting from WFMU about the instances of motherfucker. And that part's not insane. What was really insane is WFMU has been on the air since 1958. And the FCC actually asked me to provide any instances since the radio station went on the air in 1958 of any other time that that word has been used on the air. This was something WFMU couldn't do. They didn't have all those records and they weren't required to keep them. Eventually, WFMU was forced into extending the investigation with the FCC so they'd have more time to investigate. And it went on for years, just to end up inconclusive with no fines or penalties towards the station. All over motherfucker, which many people think shouldn't have been on George Carlin's list in the first place. Even George Carlin himself admitted that it was mainly on this list because of the nice rhythm it created. I think that was one of the first ones that that people started writing into him and telling him that, that, it, that it didn't belong. And I think he even acknowledges it, but kind of shrugs his shoulder and makes a joke about it. Um, I think there's something about having seven words too. Seven's such a nice yeah. number. Well, and, and he actually, I, I believe there's a routine where he talks about that, where he took out motherfucker and the rhythm wasn't right. So he put it back in. Yeah. Saying cocksucker motherfucker and tits is just kind of great. Yeah. There, you know, I just thought of another compound that, at least to my ear, sounds pretty taboo, which is cum guzzler. Fuck, shit, cunt, piss, cocksucker, cum guzzler, and tits. Not bad. Thanks to my guests, Randall Ager, Ken Friedman, Mark Morton, and Andy Zeisler. Special thanks to the original bad motherfucker, Samuel L. Jackson, and to the folks at my local farmer's market for not kicking me out, even though I was talking profanity with anyone who would look at me in the eyes. We'd love to hear what you think of this episode, and if you have words you'd like to add or remove from this list, you can leave me a voicemail at 331-BAD-WORD. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, where our handle is at DirtyWordsCast. I get help from Jill producing the show. I'm Matt Fiddler. Thanks for listening to Very Bad Words. 